Uh, Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for being good to us, Lord. I do thank you for um, just uh, uh, the Passpoint class, Lord, and uh, just uh, a room of this size, and there's just a lot of things going on in a lot of different people's lives, and um, to see uh, the way that you're growing each and every one of these uh, people and uh, the way that you're using them uh, for your ministry, Lord, and uh, it's just encouraging to me. Uh, I do count it as a blessing to uh, be a part of what the, you're doing here, and so, uh, Lord, I do pray you continue to uh, to grow and to multiply and, and to really just get the increase for uh, what's happening uh, in uh, in and about HBF and in the Passpoint class, Lord. So I do uh, pray that you speak to us today as we jump back into uh, the book of 1 Corinthians and uh, that we wouldn't find ourselves really on the rebuke end of this, uh, Lord, but we would be able to take heed to some of these things as this is a book that is uh, actually written uh, to us as the church anyway. And so I do pray that you would just get the honor and the glory. I do pray for uh, those who uh, had treatments this week with Bob uh, Klein and uh, Kenley Jones and uh, pray, pray for Matt Morrow and, and, the, and the family, Lord, and uh, uh, Lord, just uh, pray that you would really just uh, be the ultimate healer as you are, uh, that you would uh, bring things uh, uh, together uh, for your good, Lord, and that your will would be uh, ultimately, ultimately accomplished uh, over everything. We do pray for the vision conferences coming up. There's a lot of things that need to happen in the next week, and so I do pray that uh, your church would just uh, rally around and, and it would just be a, a really good uh, conference to bring people uh, closer to you. So I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so again, so Mitch taught last week. I do uh, I thank you for that, being able to just kind of check out, not have to, to worry about it or anything else. But uh, so two weeks ago, we were in, uh, we started First Corinthians maybe three weeks ago. I don't remember. It's been a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, open up to the book of First Corinthians. Um, and so most of you will remember, uh, or you probably already know this, but the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote the letter to Corinth after he had went and established the church there, uh, and then he went on about his way, uh, establishing uh, churches, doing what he does, and uh, later on, uh, he starts hearing, uh, I don't know if we want to call them rumors, but he starts hearing uh, scuttlebutt, something, that things aren't really going as well in Corinth as maybe they should have. What? Dwight Eisenhower called it fussing and clucking. Okay, well... <laughs> He was hearing something because uh, there were some not-so-great things happening uh, in the church at Corinth. So Paul writes this letter uh, to the church at Corinth, um, and it's basically, for lack of a better uh, way to say it, a rebuke. He is basically saying, hey, I've heard some of this stuff, and it's not so good. And so a couple, two or three weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the first first major thing that he calls out uh, to the church was just division. There was division in the church, and he's like, hey, this is, I think I called it the the gateway sin in the church of, of, of Corinth. And, but, you know, there was just division because where division is, then everything else can, can, you know, just blossom and flourish. And so he talks about all this division that's in the church. And then from there, he goes on and he got into what we talked about two weeks ago when I was here. And uh, I gave you four, reason why, four reasons why preaching is God's way of reaching people, right? And so that was First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 18 to, to 31. You can go back and listen to that if you want to. But anyway, the reason I'm bringing it up is because it really ties into what we're talking about today. So um, the first week, he, he brought up this division. There's division in the church. There's some things going on that ought not have been happening you know, these guys were like, well, you know, I'm of Paul and I'm of Cephas and, you know, well, uh, uh, 
who else does he say? I'm of Apollos. And the other guy, he's like, well, well, I'm of Christ because I'm super spiritual, you know. And, you know, they're all like, well, I follow this guy. Well, I follow this guy. And, you know, Paul's like, there, there's division. And, you know, I'm really glad that for the most part, I really didn't have a whole lot to do with what was going on in Corinth other than uh, sharing the gospel and, and getting out of there. You know, I baptized a couple of you guys, but I'm really glad that I didn't come in and baptize a whole bunch of you because then you'd all be like, well, we're following Paul. And so he's calling them out for all this this issue of, of division. And they're like, well, I'm following this guy and I want to be like this guy. And, and Paul's just like, why wouldn't you just want to be like Christ and, and be done with it? You know, first uh, Corinthians 11, one later on in the book, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. If you're going to follow somebody, make sure you're following them because they're following Christ. So anyway, he calls them out for, for this division. And then last, last week he kind of went on uh, to say, basically when I was there, the only reason I was there is because God told me to preach the gospel there. And I came and I did what I was told to do. And I was just faithful with getting the word of God where it needed to go. And I'm glad that it worked out like it did. And I'm glad that the church was established and, and all of these things don't look, she's fine. She's not bothering me. Well, good. Get after it. It's, it's all good. Um, but, uh, He's just like, I just came and did what I was told to do, right? I went and I shared the gospel. And I went on to the next town and I went and I shared the gospel. And so the rest of chapter 1, he basically just talked about how, you know, the wisdom, uh, God's wisdom is foolishness to the world. And the world's wisdom is foolishness to God. And basically he, he breaks that whole thing down. And you can go back and listen to it. Because we talked about how why preaching is God's way of reaching people. Because that's kind of how I wanted to break it down for you guys to get it. So that leads into chapter 2. Because chapter 2, if you were to read this stand alone with nothing before it or after it, you might be like, what exactly is he trying to get at here? Like, how does this tie into anything? Because we know that the book is kind of a rebuke to, to the Corinthians. And so uh, he, he talks about wisdom. Like, he, he says the word wisdom eight times in this chapter. And this chapter is only 16 verses long. And so, you know, we talk about wisdom. And when you think of the word wisdom, what do you think of? We've talked about this before, but I'm sure what, somebody said something. Proverbs, yeah, the Proverbs wisdom, but like when you just think of wisdom in general, what is wisdom? <laughs> That's a really good answer. <laughs> Old people. Applied knowledge. Let's see, that's a that's a very smart person answer. Um, I liked yours better. <laughs> so when I, does anybody else have anything that just comes off the top of their head? Then I'll tell you what I think of when I think of the word wisdom. Mustaches. People with mustaches. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, when I think of uh, of wisdom, I think of, and it's it's really funny that Aaron said that. Like, I think of uh, an old man or an old lady, um, like sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair, because they've actually lived out what they know. You know, I think of wisdom as somebody who actually lives out the things that they know, and that's just me and my own. Like, if I, if somebody was to ask me, "What does wisdom mean to you?" That's what I would say. Is like, it's somebody that is able to actually apply the things that they know, as opposed to just knowing something. You know, it's it's easy to take a class on this, 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 or this, and and be able to say, "Well, I know," or "I understand," or "I have this," but uh, to actually be able to apply it, that's what I think wisdom is. And so he he talks about wisdom a lot uh, in chapter two. And so here's what I have for you as we get into this. There's three types of wisdom and how each tie into us getting the gospel out. Because that's what this is ultimately, like, without putting this in the context of between chapter 1 and chapter 3, it would be really easy to be like, I don't understand what he's saying. Like, there's a couple good things in there, but what exactly is he trying to accomplish here? What is he trying to, how, how is Paul, what, what, what's the point? You know, it's easy. Sometimes you can hear... Um, like smart statements. You can hear uh, somebody say something that's like, well, that seems very knowledgeable, but I don't care. 
You know, some people have a lot of useless knowledge. That would be me. I'm, I'm like I just do. I have a lot. I have a ton of worthless knowledge in my head. I could speak to you for days in song lyrics. Like that's just that's just me. I don't know why. That's the way my brain works. Uh, the guy that I work with every day. Like that's what we do. We like we 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 speak our workday in song lyrics. It's just weird because I don't know. It's just how it is. And I have just worthless knowledge in my head. And Sometimes, like, just because you know something doesn't mean anything if you can't apply it. And so the, the purpose of what I'm trying to, to tell you and the, I'm trying to make sure that this works in here is Paul's like, hey, there's a lot of division in the church, and that division is leading to the gospel not getting where it needs to go on time, right? At the end of the day, uh, you guys, you might have some messed up things in your life, but you can be a dysfunctional church and still get the gospel where it needs to go. But you guys are a dysfunctional church, and that's not even happening. And so that's a problem. And so he, he goes into this, and basically he, he kind of lays out three different types of wisdom and how each of them tie into us getting the gospel where it needs to go. Because if the gospel's not getting where it needs to go, we are wasting our time. Like, I don't know. I could say that until I'm blue in the face, uh, until I can't breathe anymore and fall over. And that might not take a lot today. But, uh like, I can tell you, if the gospel's not getting where it needs to go, we are wasting our time. You know, I don't care how full the room is. I don't care how full worship service is. I don't care how great the vision conference is. If the gospel is not the priority of what we're doing, man, we are wasting our time. Okay, and so we'll get into what that looks like here in a little bit, but that's what we're going to talk about today is three types of wisdom. So uh, in First Corinthians chapter 2, he, he starts and he says, And I, brethren, he's just basically tying it right into what he had just talked about in chapter 1, uh, when I came unto you, or when I came to you, talking about when Paul went to Corinth to kind of establish the church there, he says, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I don't really know why. I still can't put my finger on it. But it's just like there's a lot of people who know a lot of stuff, even about the Bible. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to get you anywhere, man. But like... I don't know nothing except Christ and Him crucified. I just really like that verse. Verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstrating the Spirit, uh, de- demonstration of the Spirit, demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul's like, hey, I came to you guys in, in Corinth. And when I came, man, I was just like, this is all I know. This is who I am. This is all I got. Like, I don't have anything special for you. I don't have any gimmicks for you. This is the best I can do. It's the gospel. And here it is. And so the first uh, type of wisdom that uh, we're going to see today is Paul's wisdom. And it's not really Paul's wisdom, but it's the example of what Paul did here. And so it's Paul's wisdom. And, you know, basically Paul, he, he was just real. He's like, hey, I didn't come and try to, like, you know, get you on the hook. I didn't come and try to like get you on the, you know, well, you know, if you'll get saved, your life's going to be a whole lot better. You know, the prosperity gospel or, you know, turn the TV on, you can get that or, you know, whatever else. He's like, I didn't try to talk you into anything. I didn't try to twist your arm. I didn't try to like, all I did was I came and I just really wanted uh, to be real with you. I just wanted to, uh, to share it with you. And so um, this is kind of a, a pet peeve of mine. Some people around here might look at me kind of funny but it drives me crazy when we have to come up like with like the newest greatest way to evangelize the people i understand we need to meet people where they're at we need to get the gospel where it needs to go on time and sometimes that may look different but it's like every year you find out about the next new thing it's the next way we're going to do you know 
Gospel of the Stars. We're going to do uh, Way of the Master. We're going to do, you know, whatever. You know, you can think of all these different things. And I'm not saying any one of those things is wrong or bad. You're getting the gospel out. But what I want to make sure that we don't do, or at least me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, I don't want to try to get somebody the gospel on a gimmick. Um, now, if there's a way to, you know, I'm, I'm king of trying to use an analogy or uh, some way to make it relate. But uh, I think at times there are churches, and I wouldn't say our church, that we, uh, we try to get people on the hook. We try to get them to buy into something, and then we just attach Christ to that something. And well, guess what? When that something wears off, usually uh, the attachment to Christ isn't there. And so at the end of the day, we need to make sure... Paul's wisdom was just like, man, I just want to be real. I just want to be like, this is what Christ is to me. You know, he says he was he was when he when he was talking, he says, uh, I was with you in verse three and I was with you in in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. There were things going on when he was in Corinth. Uh, They wanted him out of town. It was not a good type of deal. A lot of places he went to share the gospel on his missionary trips. uh, They tried running him out of town. They were trying to kill him. Right. And he doesn't say things like this very often. but He's like, I'm just being real with you. I was there in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words. Well, that's the opposite of what you get in today's Christianity. It's like, hey, we got to have the next new radio program and we got to have the next new thing to like get you to it's fine get the gospel where it needs to go but man make sure that the gospel is not like the hitchhiker uh to whatever it is because that's kind of what happens you know we want to have uh, a ministry to get the gospel where it needs to go and then what ends up happening is the gospel is just like a hitchhiker on the ministry and it needs to be the opposite way the ministry is just a way to get people involved so you can get the gospel where it needs to go so anyway we need to be careful with that so anyway the the gospel tie to this i said there was three types of wisdom and how they each tying uh, into us getting the gospel out so paul's wisdom the gospel tie here is when we get out of the way the gospel has free course to get to the people who need it when we just simply get out of the way, the gospel has free course to get where it needs to go, to get to the people who need it. And you might be like, well, what does that mean? You know, sometimes the best way to get the gospel where it needs to go is to stop trying so hard, right? Is to stop trying to force it so much. And again, some people would be like, well, we got to get it where it needs to go. We got we to gotta get the gospel out. We gotta, um, that's true, but sometimes it's forced. And when it's forced, is it really relatable? I have an, a... a an example, and I don't want to use names or anything, but uh, we went to dinner, oh, this must have been a month or so ago, uh, with some people. Um, it wasn't Nick and Kinder. I'm trying to think of the only other people that we maybe we went to dinner with recently. Um, and so anyway, there was, a, there was a small group of people. We were all uh, obviously Christians. We were talking about um, church-related stuff. And so the waiter comes. Uh, he's asking us our stuff and all these different things. And so um, there was a, a quote-unquote, you know, maybe the 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 leader of the group, uh, of the, the people that we were with. Uh, at some point, I think they just felt like to save, and maybe this wasn't the case. This is how it appeared to me. To save face, they really felt like they needed to make sure they said something to the waiter, even though there really wasn't an open door whatsoever, right? And you could tell it just wasn't going to fit. And so, sure enough, they did it anyway, and it was extremely awkward not just like a little bit awkward, because I mean, share the gospel, it's awkward, right? I mean, honestly, if you share the gospel with lost people, it's awkward. It was way too forced. It was, it just didn't fit whatsoever. Uh, they put the guy on the spot way too much, and the guy was just like, I just, I just want out of, there's no way that this is going to relate. And so, um, 
sometimes when we just get out of the way, the gospel will get where it needs to go. Sometimes your own testimony. Now, again, I think I've said this the last several weeks I've been in here. Your testimony can't be the only way the gospel gets out. But your words can't be the only way that it gets out either. It has to be a combination of the two. Okay, Your testimony has to live out what your words are saying, and your words need to say what your testimony is already saying. And if they don't both say the same thing, then you're hypocritical both ways. Does that make sense? And so you have to make sure that, that that's working. So when we get out of the way, the gospel has free course. The gospel, God doesn't, now this might seem crazy to you, God doesn't need you to do anything. He really doesn't. Now you might be like, we're in a church where there's ministry everywhere. I Again, God doesn't need you to do anything. Do you honestly think that, like, if you decide you don't want to do it, he won't find somebody else? That, like, this is one of the things I've heard uh, Hedges, Brian, say this over and over again. He is terrified that if we don't do what we're called to do, that God will pick it up and move it down the road and do it somewhere else with somebody else. Like, he's terrified of that. And I'm, like, I'm right on board with that because I know how how real God is. And if God is like, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and if, if you don't want to be a part of it, that's fine, but I'm going to get it done somewhere, right? And so God doesn't need you. Man, he wants to use you. He wants you to have the blessing of being in the ministry, of getting the gospel. Has anybody in here, I'm, I shouldn't say has anybody, hopefully you all have, uh, you all, I'm just going to assume, have shared the gospel with somebody, and at some point they have gotten saved, right? Now, that probably isn't a blanket statement, but some of you have, Okay. There is not a better feeling in the world than knowing that you had even an inkling of something to do with it. Like that you were actually the vessel that God used. There is not a better feeling in the world. There really isn't. Um, it is It is insane to know that like God used you to, to bring a soul uh, across the line. Like to, to, to save a soul from a certain... Obviously, you don't do any of it. God does it all. But there's not a better feeling. Okay, so when you just get out of the way... And God does the work. And that's what Paul's saying. He's like, man, I came and I just did what I was told to do. I came and I just shared the gospel. I was, I was, I was as real with you as I could be, right? Paul was supposed to be like the man's man. You know, he was persecuting the church. He was, he was, he was a somebody. And yet he's like, I was there in fear and trembling. I was as real as real could get. That's what we've got to be. If you want to get the gospel somewhere, it, it's you being as real as real can get. It's you just being completely like, this is all I know anymore. Like I don't, I don't, I couldn't go any other way if I wanted to. Um, I was actually looking through, talking about the passpoint class. Uh, Luke Fleshman printed off a thing. He was going through some files on the computer, and I don't know if you guys know anything about HBF, but man, like, if if there has ever been a flyer, if there has ever been an anything, the church has it somewhere on on the. I don't know what you would even call it, the server. I don't know what it is. It's crazy. So anyway, Luke's going through some stuff because, you know, Luke's fairly new with the admin stuff and everything. And uh, he prints this thing off for me, and it was back when uh, Passpoint was started. And obviously it wasn't started with me. Um, I took Passpoint several, several years ago. But um, anyway, it was just kind of going through the the goals of Passpoint and all of the different things that have to do with Passpoint. And um, the the class itself is based on just the fact that, like, you you should desire to be past the point of no return for Christ. You should desire to be like to a point in your life where it's like even if you wanted to go back, you wouldn't know how. You wouldn't know what that would look like, what that would feel like. Like I'm I'm past the point of that. Like I could decide today that you know what this is all a, a fake, which I don't I don't really think I could do that. But I I could decide today that I'm going back. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know how that I'm I'm past that point. You know, there's there's a time for several years after you get saved that it's like you know there's a battle between. The flesh and the spirit, right? And there's a battle between like my old life and this life. And 
Like, there's not that battle anymore. No, I'm not saying I don't battle the flesh. I battle the flesh all the time. But there's not a battle of the old life compared to this life. It's not there. Like, that is what past point's all about. And that's like, Paul's just like, I'm past that point. Like, I am, I'm as real as real. I, this is all I know. This is all I can do is just be real with you. And like, that's, that's the first type of wisdom is, is the best way that I could call it was Paul's wisdom. And he's just like, when we get out of the way, the gospel has free course. Verse six, he goes on to say, how be it? We speak wisdom. Now, I'll just break this down for you because we don't have a whole lot of time. When he talks about we, he's talking about the church, okay? And so he says, How be it we, talking about the church, speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Again, that's how I know that because when he says them that are perfect, we know that there's nobody that is perfect in the world save Christ. But then the Bible also says that you can uh, uh, be holy as I am holy, all of those different things. So we know that he's talking about the church here. So he says, We speak wisdom among, among them that are perfect. Not the wisdom of the world, uh, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but, but we speak wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which uh, God ordained before the world uh, unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, uh, for if they had known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9, uh, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, knew, uh, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So your second type of wisdom here is the church's wisdom. And this is just the best way that I could try to break this thing down a little bit is, is the church's wisdom. He's talking about, he goes on to say, okay, so I came to you as real as I could be. He's like, but, but here's the deal. When we get together, we talk about this all the time. He's, it's no different than be like, hey, when we come into HBF, when we come into Passpoint, like I tell you the things that the Word of God says. And they make, honestly, for the most, most part, it makes perfect sense to you guys. You're like, you're tracking with me. You might be like, well, I need to do better at that, or I'm doing pretty good at that, but here's another area that I need to grow. But the things that I get up and teach, they're not like total, like, oh my gosh, that's the light bulb just turned on. I never heard that before. Like, for the most part, I don't, I don't tell you anything out of the Word of God that is just like, that's the first time that I've heard that. Now, if you're newly saved, you might hear something every now and then, but it's like, you don't come back to church for 60, 70, 80 years to hear some new revelation every week. I mean, you just don't. Like, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to know that I want to be reaffirmed of the things that I do know. And, you know, maybe every now and then hear something that I hadn't known. But the, that's what he's talking about. He's like, how be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. He's like, the things that I'm telling you, you guys already know. You understand because we do have the knowledge of God. We do have God's word. We do have the truth. So he's like, we have something that they don't. He goes on to say, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Now, we know that the mysteries in the Bible are something that are hidden for a time, but then are revealed. That's like The gospel is like that. The gospel was hidden to you until you got saved, and then it was real. Like, and, I, and I don't mean that you didn't know the gospel. I heard the gospel several times as a lost person. It was hidden from me until I accepted it. Right? It was a mystery. When you hear the word mystery in the Bible, this is uh, D2 stuff. You know, so some of you guys are like, well, that was a long time ago. And some of you are like, I need to get into D2. This is something you're going to hear about in D2 a lot is, is, is when you read about a mystery in the Bible. It is something that is hidden for a short time but will soon be revealed, right? Or has eventually been revealed. There are seven mysteries in the Bible. This is uh, not one of the seven major mysteries. But like the gospel is a mystery, meaning it is hidden to you until you accept it. Now, you can know that, oh, yeah, you know, Jesus came and he died and uh, he rose again the third day. Okay. It's still a mystery to you because you're like, I don't understand why that's so important to so many people. But yet the day that you got saved, all of a sudden you understood. Oh, so that's why it's so important to these people. Right? Does that make sense? It, it was a mystery. 
He goes on to say, we speak the, the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden, uh, hidden wisdom which God ordained uh, before the world unto glory, uh, which had the princes of the world knew, meaning you know the people who had any kind of power, uh, had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Meaning they thought they knew, but they didn't know, because if they really knew what they thought they knew, then they wouldn't have killed Christ when he was here. You know, it's kind of a tongue twister, but that's what he's trying to say is at the end of the day, if they really would have known what they thought they knew, if they would have known the gospel like we know the gospel, they wouldn't have killed him because they would have known the Messiah was here right in front of them the whole time. So the church, the, the church's wisdom is the second half. So the gospel tie to this is uh, if the church's wisdom never leads them, meaning the, the, the church, if the church's wisdom never leads them to a gospel presentation, then God's wisdom will never get to the people who need it. I'll say it again because that's a lot. I know some of you are writing it down. I don't. I don't take notes. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I, I just don't because, like, if I have to stop and write something down, I miss ten other things. That's just me. Some people have to write it down. Uh, my wife is that way. If she doesn't write it down, she will not remember it. I don't know. Should have wrote down. I needed a sandwich last night. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. It's really funny. So she came in. I was obviously in in my bed all day yesterday. She's like, hey, I'm getting ready to go to town uh, to get some stuff. Do you need anything? And I'm like, well, I had some crackers, maybe like a peanut butter and jelly, like something. I need something to put in my stomach. And she's like, okay. And then about 10 minutes later, she comes in and she's like, all right, I'm leaving. And I'm like, all right. And so I, I, I didn't really know if I really... I didn't know if I really wanted a peanut butter and jelly or not. I was just like, I probably ought to have something. So I figured it was just like God's way of being like, you probably just all hold off. <laughs> She's like at Walmart and she texts me, your sandwich. <laughs> it's all good, babe. <laughs> anyway, I just, I said that just as a joke more than anything. <laughs> Obviously I didn't need it. I'm fine. Anyway, I only say that. I say that tongue in cheek, but anyway, some people. I was not excited about eating anything. Anyway, it has nothing to do with anything. The point is, I'm not a note taker, but some of you guys are. And so, so the gospel tie here is, if the church's wisdom never leads them to a gospel presentation, then, then God's wisdom will never get to the people who need it. Again? Okay. If the church's wisdom never leads them to a gospel presentation... Then God's wisdom will never get to the people who need it. Here's what I mean by that. We know a lot about this book, like in this room. Let's just say in this building. Like I, I would venture to say that most of the time, people who roll into Pass Point have probably uh, you're gonna you're getting here early on a Sunday morning. Maybe not as early as some of the other classes, but uh, you're getting here uh, before 10:30. Okay, so you guys uh, are after something a little deeper than worship service. Okay, so I'm just going to make the assumption that you guys all have a relationship with Christ. Okay, so. Worship service, I expect there to be lost people who show up. I mean, that's the goal of what we do here is, you know, uh, we're a hospital for sick people, right? We want to get the gospel. Anyway, the point here is, like, you guys are here. You know what this book says. Like, there might be certain areas of the book that you're like, I'm, I would like a little more uh, enlightenment on, like, how to apply that, this, that, or that. The point here is, you know what this book says. Like, in general, you know it says, hey, don't do that. Hey, you shouldn't think like that. Hey, you probably ought to do this. Hey, uh, you should be this. You know, different things, okay? You understand what the book says. I mean, am I, am I speaking out of turn? You guys pretty much know. This is what the word says. Okay. If you knowing what this says, never. No, I don't, I don't mean like every single day. Some people will be like, man, if you're not sharing the gospel three times a day, you're not doing a good job. And I'll be like, well, 
I guess I'm not doing a good job. If what you know doesn't lead to you at least presenting the gospel some, I mean, I, I, I've been saved a long time. I know that God does open doors, and sometimes we just don't want to walk through them. If, you, if what you know never leads to a gospel presentation, then you might as well just lock the doors of the church and let's just have our little R4 no more party. Like, and we'll just let the church die when we die because that's what happens. No, that's not what we need to do. That's what I'm trying to tell you. is it, You know what it says. That should lead you, not just should, that better lead you to telling somebody about it. And if it doesn't, then man... Like, that's not just Brian's job. That's not just my job. That's not just the, the pastoral team's job. That's not, that's your job. That's our job because God didn't just change Brian's life or my life or like Brian changed your life or Brian didn't. God changed your life. And so that's the whole point is the gospel needs to be real with real people, not just with pastoral people. Like it, it does. It just has to. And that's what Paul's trying to say. He's like, you guys are all messed up. You're following this guy and this guy and this guy. And he's like, it, the truth of the matter is, you know the truth. You have what you need. And the Bible hadn't even been completely written at that point, but they had uh, portions of the Old Testament. It's like, you, you, you have everything that you need, but yet you're not living it. What is the problem here? And like some people would read chapter two and they'd be like, "There's not really a lot of rebuke there." I think there's more of a, of, a, of a rebuke in chapter two than there is in some of the just blatant rebukes because, you know, sometimes it's the subtle things, at least to me, that get to me more than just somebody just coming right out and saying it. You know, and he's just like, Man, "You guys know, you guys know what you need to be doing, and you're not doing it." If, if your wisdom, if the church's wisdom, and I'm just going to assume that we're the church here, if our wisdom doesn't ever lead us to getting the gospel out, then the people who need it are never going to hear it. They just won't. Because that's our job. We have that responsibility. You know, we, we, as, you know, guys, a lot of times, even ladies, you know, we like to say, oh, well, I've got big shoulders. I can handle a lot. Well, you're not handling much if you're not getting the gospel where it needs to go. You're just not, because that's our job. So there's Paul's wisdom, there's the church's wisdom, and then it goes on uh, in verse 10. I'm going to try to get through this. It says, But God hath revealed them unto us, meaning the spiritual things, uh, by his Spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the Spirit of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words of man's wisdom, uh, not in the uh, words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy, uh, Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing uh, spiritual things to spiritual. Verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he, that is a spirit, but he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. The last type, type, the last type of wisdom that we're going to see is spiritually discerned wisdom. Spiritually discerned wisdom. That verse, uh, let me find it. Verse 14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can, they, can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I really like that verse, because it makes it very clear why lost people don't understand what the Bible says. 
I've, I've talked to lost people, uh, and they're like, I've read the Bible. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But that makes total sense. This is why. It says, because this book right here is spiritually discerned. Okay? You can read this book. You might, even through some of the Old Testament, get a few decent stories, right? It reads like a storybook. But as far as like the true meaning and why it changes people's lives, it's not going to make a lot of sense. Why? Because this book is spiritually discerned. Without the Spirit of God inside of you, you will not be able to discern it. Does that mean that you can't uh, read the Bible as a lost person and get saved? No, I'm not going to say that because I've heard that people have. Right? I'm just telling you that like, completely understanding what this book says in context to what it says with other books and you know the way that it ties together, it is spiritually discerned. And without having the Spirit of God inside of you, you will not be able to discern it. It just doesn't work like that. Right? It just doesn't happen. That's why... A lot of times, you know, you're like, I I think I kind of understand, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, are you discerning it with God's spirit or your wisdom? Which one? You know, because there's a lot of things in the Bible that make no, I don't know the word I'm looking for, no reasonable sense, right? Why we would use the little guy to go fight Goliath. Why we would use, you know, the, the weak things to confound the wise over and over again. Why? Because God is trying to show you that, you know, he is the one that's in control anyway. He's the one with all the power anyway. If we went out, we talked about it two weeks ago, if, if we, like, did things in our own power, we would, in turn, think, well, look what I did. You know, that's because that's what we do. That's the way we're created. But instead, it's like he uses the times that we're like, there's no way that this could ever happen. And then it happens, and then you're like, well, sometimes we still try to take the glory for ourselves. But if, if we don't, we're generally like, God, God really did come through there. Right? That's the whole point is to bring God the glory all the time. There's spiritually discerned wisdom. The gospel tie here is if the Spirit of God is not quickening our gospel message, it will never reach the heart of the people who need it. If the Spirit of God is not quickening our gospel message, it will never reach the heart of the people who need it. So, that word quicken, I really like that word. Um, it's, it's in the Bible several times it talks about. but um, So, the little part on your finger, my hands are all beat up because I work outside all the time. But anyway, that little part of your fingers, some people call it uh, like the, what is it called, the cuticle? Huh? What? What did you say? It's called the quick. It is. That's what I was getting at. But some people call it a cuticle. But, you know, it's like where the dead skin meets the live skin right on top of your fingernail, right? And, but it's, it's also called the quick, right? Especially on, when you talk about animals, they, talk, they call it the quick, right? And so it is where death meets life, right? It is where the, 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 the life things, you know, and so you could even do it. Like, I don't really recommend it, but you can, like, push on it in certain places. It's like, I don't feel that at all because it's dead. But if you get far enough up towards your skin, uh, it will start to hurt. Well, that's because you're starting to get where there's life, Right? Does that make sense? If you uh, clip like a dog's nails, I don't recommend you ever clipping my dog's nails. We've just decided that the concrete, as he walks on it, they'll, they'll like, yeah, whatever. But you don't, like, my dog's like demonic if you try to clip his nails. But anyway, like if you clip a dog's nails, you can't clip them back too far or they'll bleed. Because why? Because you got into the quick, right? Now, if you clip it down far enough, they don't even feel it. Now, I don't know why our dog is retarded and, like, he thinks that you're killing him. But anyway, like, if you clip it back too far, it gets into the quick and it'll it'll actually bleed. And it's like it doesn't make sense because it's the nail. Well, that's just that's how it works. I don't know. Um, It's no different than if you clip your fingernails back too far and you get into the, again, that's part of the quick where it gets in. So the whole point here is if the Spirit of God is not quickening our gospel message, and what I'm trying to say here is your best way to get the gospel out is dead if God's not involved in it. 
The best way that you can explain the gospel to somebody is completely dead if you don't have the Spirit of God quickening your message. Does that make sense? Like, without God making what you're trying to say real, it's, it's just dead words. Right? And so if the Spirit of God is not quickening our gospel message, it's never going to reach them. You can go share the gospel with a dozen people every day. I don't care how many people you do. If the Spirit of God's not in it, if it's not spiritually discerned, you're wasting your time. Some people would tell me I'm wrong. I, I'm just telling you, like, you can hear the gospel a million times in your life. If it's never spiritually discerned, if there's never any truth within it or behind it, there might be truth within it, but behind it, then how's that going to change lives? Right? It doesn't work like that. Without the Spirit of God quickening our message, the people who need to hear it aren't going to. That's what he's trying to say here. He's like, you know, uh, for man knoweth the things, uh, for what man knoweth the things of a man, say the Spirit which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. The only reason we know the things of God is because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us who have, over the years, revealed the things of God to us. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Which things also we speak, because that's what we're supposed to do is speak them. Not in the world's uh, words, which man's with them teaching, but uh, which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You want to make the gospel real? Live it out. Like, have a testimony that goes along with you sharing the gospel. Right? That's, that's connecting spiritual things to spiritual. It's not just, hey, you need to get saved because the Bible says this, 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 and this. What are you going to do about it? Well, most people are going to be like, uh, I'll think about it. Peace out. Right? But if you share the gospel with them, and it's like, hey, this is what the Bible says about the state that you're in. That you were, you were born this way. There's really nothing you can do about it. But God made a way. And just let me tell you about it for a second. Like, that happened in my life. And when you tie in a personal testimony into what the Word of God is actually saying and how God actually has the power to transform death unto life, that's comparing spiritual things to spiritual. A lot of times we think of that verse and we think, well, it's just talking about, like, comparing this book to that book. Well, it is talking about that as well. But, I mean, you want to get the gospel where it needs to go, compare spiritual things with spiritual. Compare this man's lost, dead soul to how yours was before you got the gospel. And then how, since you've got it, how God has allowed you to grow into the man or the woman of God that he wants you to be and be the person that you want to be. Does that make sense? That's what we're talking about here. If the Spirit of God is not quickening our message, it'll never reach the people who need it. There's a lot more I want to say, but we're out of time. I might wrap back around next week. We'll see. So with that, let's pray. There's, so again, this, this chapter, it's like, it, it seems really out of place until you realize how it fits in with what he's already telling them. There's division because you guys aren't getting the gospel where it needs to go. And instead of getting the gospel where it needs to go, you're so caught up on who you're following that it just doesn't make sense. And so he's going to get into chapter 3 and it's going to start to really tie everything together. But that's where this all fits in. And it really does make a lot of sense when you read it as a whole. So let's pray. Father, I do uh, thank you for your word. I thank you for your gospel, uh, Lord. And uh, Lord, man, if if, those, if, if, the, if the world doesn't hear it, um, it, if our gospel is hidden, it's hidden to those that are lost. Uh, we in this room, we know it. Uh, we know the truth. But man, if we don't get it where it needs to go, that's on us, Lord. So I do pray that um, we would live out the things that we say and we would say the things that we love out and, and that you would get the glory for all of it. I do thank you for uh, just the, the things that you're doing uh, in and about the Passpoint class and at HBF. Again, I pray for the vision conference that's coming up. There's a lot of moving parts. So I do pray that you would just uh, uh, get the things done and that you would have done and uh, really that you would uh, just really touch the hearts of the people and really just uh, 
maybe raise some people up to make a decision throughout this conference, Lord, that they would be just ready to to take it on for you. So I do pray that you just send us out this week as lights in a dark world, that you get the honor and the glory from everything that we say and we do in Christ's name. Amen.